0: Hello, Andrew here from the Final Draft podcast, dropping in with a special bonus episode of our sporadic but ongoing series featuring incredible book podcasts from across the podcast, but more importantly, Australian Landscape. As we get started, I will just let everyone know that 2 scr broadcast from the lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. I am recording on the lands of the Darug and Gunungurra people. And I want to acknowledge the traditional owners of those lands to pay my respects to their ongoing connection to their lands and to acknowledge that these are unceded lands and that a treaty has never been made. Now, as I said, this is our ongoing series featuring incredible other Book Quad podcasts. It's an opportunity for you to uh, find other places to get your book news, to get your book love, hear other people ask interesting questions, hear other takes on the books that you love. In today's interview, I'm going to be joined by Catherine Collette and Kate Mildenhall. They are the hosts of The First Time Podcast. They are also incredible authors in their own right. You've met Catherine on the podcast before, but uh, Kate is joining us for the first time. Their podcast is called The First Time, and uh, I'm saying The First Time a lot, but they Talk to authors about their first time getting published, about what it means to kind of go through that process. It is a fascinating insight into the publishing world, and Catherine and Kate are just gorgeous people. So, today on the special bonus episode of the Final Draft podcast, meet Catherine Collette and Kate Mildenhall, hosts of the first time.
1: Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you like, going? I'm
0: good. I felt feel this need to like sort of say hi, I'm Andrew. You of course know that, but
1: <laughs> Hello Andrew. It's nice to have a face to a voice. <laughs>
0: Terrific. It's weird, yeah. So sort of etiquette, you know, I know. I, I, I know. feel like it's be- so
1: bizarre. And I also always have to check that I've not one of my children's names on my thing, but I'm not. I am actually my name.
0: <laughs> Don't worry about that. I am a um in my in my Monday to Thursday, I am a speech pathologist. I huh. do a lot of Zoom with kids, and I have seen all sorts of fun names that they do.
1: I can only imagine. <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. I did not know that. that. That's your other gig.
0: That's yeah, that's my other gig. And Catherine's just joined us. Hello. Hi
1: guys. Hi.
0: Hello. <laughs> we were just we were just chatting about Zoom etiquette and um, strange sort of avatar names that people might put on their their oh. profiles.
1: Did you know that Andrew was a speech pathologist?
2: I did. Yeah, we talked oh. about it. Yeah. Oh, she seems so fitting. I wonder I if really you're a speech does. pathologist because you have such a beautiful voice. Yes. Is that the like is there a link between those things, do you think?
0: I, I think that's um oh, there's there's a name for what I want to sort of say. It's it's you've kind of you've done your reasoning maybe backwards or maybe there's <laughs> maybe it's more a maybe it's more oh, a yeah, correlation, okay. not a causation. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah um interesting.
1: <laughs> would you
0: all would you all like to talk podcasting about books. let's do it. go yeah, on. let's, let's do, do it. it now that we've
1: got ourselves completely off track.
0: Awesome. All right, I'm just we're recording. it's all looking nice. It's so funny as we're just as I'm just sort of finally sound checking. I'll just mention because Catherine and I only spoke about three weeks ago. Ooh. Yeah, and uh, do you remember Catherine? We were talking about the um, the roadcaster like my yeah. um I interviewed. So the very first podcast interview was with Danny V from Words. I've and just Nerds. been listening to that. I showed I showed her the desk and then the very next day she's tagging me on Insta and Twitter. She's oh. just like, You're dangerous, Andrew. I've just gone and bought this. And we ended up <gasps> I ended up saying, Oh, we need to tag Road in this. And I'm just like, Come on, give us give us something yes, some
2: yes, too. Sponsorship. Oh my um, God. Actually wow. it was interesting because after we spoke about that, I think I saw someone on Twitter was like a a local writer had bought one and was selling it. And I was very tempted, but I
0: Help them. They are amazing.
2: So they must be. They must be the go-to for you know podcasting.
0: They really are, and they've they've sort of purpose built this thing. So I think I think at one point they mm. were. It was like there was a little bit of a backlog at the beginning of the pandemic because everyone was moving yeah. into their homes. All right, uh-huh. here we go, Kate. For you who have not, we've not spoken on on pre-record air before. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go in my. Change into my Jekyll or mm-hmm. Hyde face and then, and, mm-hmm. and like uh, be my radio persona and put an intro Beautiful. on it. Beautiful, I'm right. looking forward to it. Here we go. You are tuned in to 2SER 107.3 Final Draft Books, Writing, Literary Culture, and Podcasts. It is our new monthly segment, yet to be named, where there's never enough books, so why not discover more through other incredible book podcasters? I love meeting people with the same sort of passion as myself, and it is just my absolute pleasure to be welcoming Kate Mildenhall and Catherine Collette. They are are authors and co-hosts of The First Time. Kate, Catherine, so great to have you on Final Draft.
2: It's exciting to be here. Thanks for having us, Andrew. Yeah, thank you for having us.
0: And Catherine, of course, um, if you get like two more stamps on your card, there will be a free coffee as a as a frequent <laughs> final drafter. I can see Kate's Ooh. face. You're going to have to share that coffee with her. Yeah,
1: I know. And we don't drink the same coffee, actually, so that's going to be a problem. You oh, can have me back anytime, Andrew.
0: I'll pop two marshmallows in for you. Okay, thanks. Now our unnamed segment is all about other incredible podcasts out there because we all know there's only so many books we can read and only so much we can cover and it's nice to have other people to talk and listen to the first time is just this incredible unique spin on books and podcasts but it's not my podcast so i'm going to start i need to ask you guys how do you describe your podcast to people
2: so the first time uh gets its name from uh or the the longer version of the first time is that it is a podcast about the first time you publish a book. And where it started was about four five seasons ago now. I had uh just gotten a book deal for my first book, the helpline to come out. I had a great author friend in Kate Mildenhall who had had a book come out a couple of years prior. That's Skylarking for Readers, excellent book. You should read it. Um, so basically, my book was coming out. I had a gazillion questions and I wanted to ask Kate all of them. So that was sort of the starting premise. Episodes would have me asking Kate questions about author talks and how to plan a book launch how it feels when a book comes out, and we also did interviews with other amazing Australian authors, asking them a lot of the same things.
0: Surprise question time. I've actually given both Kate and Catherine uh, a little bit of an idea of what I want to talk about, but they do not know this question that I'm about to pop. I need to ask about the name. When I listen to it, I'm hearing like Roberta Flack in my head, but was there ever a moment... (laughs) (laughs) in time when you thought people might not get it or might be coming to your podcast with something else in mind.
1: I think they have come to our podcast for something else in mind. And I think at about the same time, we did a fair bit of research, didn't we, Catherine? Like, we were, like, trying to make sure we got the domain name and we were checking out, you know, iTunes and the rest of it. We were like, yes, we're doing this. And then at the very same time, and I know it because it's got, like, a pink little cover because it always comes up when I'm Googling us, um, another podcast called The First Time about what you can imagine actually people think about the first time came up um and we did you know we thought about some of the first time music that we could have have got but it basically just cost too much so we had to get a little jingle made for us anyway
0: (laughs) jingle made you guys are next Mm -hmm. level Mm -hmm. so what's the (laughs) philosophy of the first time what's your philosophy in bringing book conversations to readers
1: Well, you know, I think like what Catherine said, how we started was trying to be as candid as possible and trying to be really real about it. And I think when we were talking about this stuff like five years ago, there weren't heaps of people talking about um, whether you should send a box of cakes to your publisher on on launch day or not. You know, all these kind of little questions about this little stuff in the industry, that led on to bigger stuff. Um Annabelle Smith and Jane Rawson had a fantastic blog called What to Expect When You're Expecting a Book, and that was the kind of vibe that we were going for, which was like let's be honest about money, about anxieties, about all the stuff that goes on. Um And so that's always been our vibe, both with each other, which mm-hmm. – has proved problematic at times because, you know, it's pretty vulnerable to do. Like we have recorded through now, Catherine, you've recorded through the launch of two books. I've recorded through the launch of one. Like it's a vulnerable space to be in. But I feel like we've done that with our interviews too, is to try and ask the authors that we've spoken to, both debut and and much more experienced ones, to get really real about what has been shit about the process and what have what's been the highlights and what they've learned as well. And I think that's what the our listeners who are mostly writers, would you say, Catherine? I, I mean that's the feel of
2: the community yeah. we've got. And I yeah. think, you know, as writers, early stage career writers, certainly when the podcast began ourselves, We had both imagined that getting published would be an experience of unmitigated joy. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it really takes you off guard that the feeling is so much more complicated than that. I think putting any sort of creative, artistic thing into the world is great fun and you can feel really proud of your work, but... Uh, there's a lot of other feelings that go along with it. And I think that we have really built a community around exploring and picking at all of those darker feelings.
1: Yeah. Also that philosophy on trying to get as kind of a diverse range of experiences of publishing books, you know, people who have been self-published, people who um, pick, got picked up on slash piles and also write in different genres. I think certainly for me, Seeing that every single person has done both the publishing process but also the writing process and the dealing with failure process and the publication bit process a different way kind of is permission giving for you to do it any way you want Mm -hmm. and I think people really appreciate that too.
0: What have you learned? I'm again, I'm I'm deviating from my script because, as I say, the first time is is really very unique in that you're bringing this process, but also, I guess, there are elements of the narrative-driven side of things. What what's really uh, taken you about people's, you know, what they're telling you on the podcast that blew you away from your own experience, made you think, "Wow, I, like I'm so glad we got that out in the
1: world." Oh my gosh! Do you want to go? Well, with that's that? a hard <laughs> one.
2: We, um, I think, one of the cool things that we did was uh, we got Charlotte Wood. I think season three, or maybe even season four. Uh, obviously, Charlotte is an incredible Australian author. Probably her biggest book is The Natural Way of Things. But we got her on board as an agony aunt, and so we would get questions from writers uh, and authors asking all of these things from from really practical publishing-related stuff um, to questions about confidence and how you keep your confidence going when things get hard. And one of the things that Charlotte said that has always stayed with me was that confidence is a decision. And I think for writers, I mean, you can look at that in a really simplistic way, but I think a really nice way to think of it is just around an attitude and to push yourself. Um, And I think. Yeah, for me, that's one of the big takeaways that I've mm-hmm. walked away with. What about you, Kate? I well, I can't even possibly think because I
1: just feel like every time I walk away from an interview, it's like the best interview I've ever done. But I think something that struck us and actually got us both a bit emotional in the past year was we did a kind of mashup of um, some of the episodes that we recorded during COVID. And I think, I mean, you can never know these things are going to happen, obviously, but the fact that recording over four nearly five years has also archived our process and and a a point in time for all of the authors and that we were catching up, you know, every couple of weeks during lockdown (laughs) and you could just hear our voices kind of like going into this slump, which I think everyone, you know, particularly in places that were locked down, felt. It was kind of a real privilege, I think, to put that out and then to hear the response from readers to say, you know you really made me feel something with that. You really captured this moment. And I feel like um, that was something important that we've done too. We've captured these moments of vulnerability times when we've both had things unexpected happen that haven't been what we planned, but we've still kind of had to keep on um, recording and putting it down. And that was part of our, Mm. I suppose, what we wanted to do at the start.
0: See, that is so interesting to me because – Final draft is primarily a radio program, and whether this makes it on the cutting room floor or just straight into the podcast, I am tr- primarily thinking about an audience mm. that are maybe not selecting me
2: in mm. the same way that we select
0: podcasts. They're tuning in, so I'm I'm really, especially during um, the the lockdown periods, and especially during those really uncertain times of COVID. I really wanted to help people find something uplifting, even if that was just the connection. So, you know, when, when the, the, the uplifting just wasn't coming, there was still this idea that through books, through writing, we were connecting with other people. We were connecting with our local bookstores. We were connecting with writers that we may never get a chance to They may never the listener may never get a chance to speak to in the same way that I do. But I wanted to give them a little bit about of that. Also, this you were talking about your process. Are you conscious of having developed as sort of auteurs in the podcast world? Like, do you do you listen back to early seasons and think, I'm glad we grew from that? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like, I know I do. (laughs) Oh my goodness! Always. (laughs) Yeah, I, I find it, we actually, so we take turns to interview different authors and whoever does the interview does the show notes. So even in a fairly immediate past sense, it's a struggle to listen to yourself. Um, but I think what is nice about those early episodes is they're really candid. Like we are very hard on sleeves in those yeah. early Stages. Well, also, we had no idea that
1: anyone was going to listen to us. Like, and Andrew, probably no one. Yeah, probably no one was. I mean, they've gone back and listened now, which is which is frightening. We can uh-huh. see that from our stats. But you, we had to beg people to, you yeah. know, and and they were lovely and they came on the show. But we had to beg people in the first season to come on, and now we get, like I imagine you do, you know, we get like so many books arriving on our doorsteps every week um, for people who want to come on, and so we really did think that we were kind of just intimately talking to each other and we did it in a studio for the first couple of years. So we were um, – there was no sense that there was anyone else in the room or anyone listening and I think Catherine and I have both had the experience of like going out to events where people have said – oh, my gosh, it's so interesting to see your face because I listen to your voice so much or, you know, I'm such a big fan of the podcast and it, it still really blows my mind when, when I realise that people it's are great. listening to us.
0: I mean, for young it's podcasters, in- people who have come to the art in the last uh, 12 to 18 months, a studio is like the room that you're recording in but with carpet on the walls.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, it's an interesting experience because podcasting is so intimate in the creation and often even in the listening, but... Uh, you can have thousands of people listening to the same episode, like it's a really interesting, um, yeah, contrast. So, you feel like you just talk, I feel like I'm talking to Kate, but oh, no. <laughs> it's not the reality, it's not true. <laughs> all
0: right, it's time for me to come back on script. I had all these incredible questions, but I realized they needed to change for the first time, um, but. There are people out there who are going, well, thank you, Andrew. You have now given me something new to listen to. Where do I start? They've mentioned there's like seven seasons. Guys, what's an episode? Where do you recommend people start?
1: Do you want
2: to start with this one, oh, Catherine? Have you got I'll one let, in your head? Oh. Um, I think the, although, you know, things are a little bit rougher, those first couple of episodes are a really nice introduction. And sometimes I think we should we should reintroduce at the start of the season. Um We are just about to kick off something different for this latest season, so that will probably start in March. But the episodes that we had last year, we had a number of different authors. Probably a couple of favourites for me were Pip Williams, Hmm. obviously the author of The Dictionary of Lost Words. Uh, Gary Disher is a great episode. He's a a pretty prolific crime writer. Uh, Kate, have you got some ones you'd like to highlight?
1: Um, My favourite of last year and the one that I'm still kind of recovering from is that I got to interview the – queen of AusLit, Helen Garner, and it was just – it was such a fabulous interview and I was so terrified about it. Andrew and Catherine knows how terrified I was about it, but it was just incredible. And then we, you know, turned off the recording and yarned for another hour or so afterwards. So that was pretty amazing. The one that has got the most engagement, though, is a really recent one. Um, Catherine has – we've done a little mini-series to help um, – around the launch of Catherine's new book, uh, the competition. And we talked to one of my dear friends who's got nothing to do with lit but is a kind of social media guru. And she kind of talked Catherine through what Catherine needed to do on her social media to get this baby off the ground. And we have never had so much engagement mm. from our community and listeners. Like everyone just loved shade, loved her analogy about how social media is like being at a dinner party and you have to bring a salad. Um, so, if people want to just have their mind blown about how to use social media to your advantage and not be so scared of it, go back to that one, our um, social media episode with Shay Gardner.
0: Okay, I'm noting, noting that because that's probably something I need to do. There's so much <laughs> stuff about podcasting. Have we weirdly turned my show into a little bit of the first time?
1: It's- I think we have. You know, Andrew, how can we help you?
0: <laughs> I love it. Look, nice, nice diversion, nice try to time to tr- change tack. But this is the most important part of the show. I don't want to scandalise anyone. I like content warning. We are going to get into the really hard book questions. If you are not ready to confront the darkest corners of your reading, maybe tune out. Um, there's no swears. It's just it's just those really tough questions. You have each chosen a scandalous book question. Um, well, Catherine, you're first on on my notes, so I'm just going to ask you: Do you judge books by their covers?
2: Absolutely. <laughs> I think we all judge books by their covers, and I think uh, I think that would make an interesting podcast episode. Actually, the uh, the art of book design. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's both my long and my short answer. Does it I... stop you?
0: Does it stop you reading? Have you ever been like, I hate this cover, but I'm still going to give the book a go? <laughs>
2: I think I love a beautiful cover. Probably if I had to characterize beautiful covers, I'd say they sit in a more literary space. I think there was a, a spate a few years ago, a lot of floral covers, mm-hmm. um, which were very beautiful things. Not all of my reading tends to such literary taste. So sometimes I have things with beautiful covers that are waiting to be read. Um, but I do, yeah, I do love a beautiful cover. Also, your first cover had texture, had like biscuits with texture. Do you remember when that arrived and we were like just touching it and holding it up to we our face? I remember them talking to me about that. So, my cover of my first book, The Helpline, has a biscuit on the top, and then the backdrop to the biscuit is meant to be a serviette. So, it has that sort of raised mm. feel of a serviette. And I remember my publicist saying that that was a big deal. They looked, talked. For a long time. Do you Did you yeah, see that? Based. Sorry, I'm jumping in, Andrew, but no. I have to
1: say that very funny thing on Twitter recently. Um, and because there's been a spate of like, uh, women kind of laying on, um, beds or up against walls with, uh, with their hands in their heads or off the edge of beds. And someone had posted, is this, this woman alright? On,
0: on book covers or is it just? <laughs> yeah,
1: on book covers. Oh, right. On book covers. And someone had posted, you know, can someone check if this woman's okay? Cause I think also that's what happens. You get like a run on, a look for a cover, mm. and suddenly yeah. then everything looks the same for a little bit. It's, it's a oh, bit I'm fun.
0: absolutely looking at my, my to-read pile and thinking, are there two that I can – but a really good segue there, Kate, because do you all remember – I think it must be – it was really early on in me doing the show, which is now in its – I think I'm in my ninth year.
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, oh my gosh. Um, You're a legend in this, yeah, in only, this space. It's, it's
0: only three years on the – like the, the, the show's been a podcast, but, yeah, nine years on air in Sydney Radio – so this must be about seven or eight years ago. Do you remember gender-flipping covers? That was like a thing for a while. It was more an American thing, but no. Was. So what?
2: Would, so the, what did that look like?
0: The whole deal. Um, I think they mainly focused on gender-flipping. Uh, if you, if if this means any sense, and I'm doing a lot of scare quotes here, male covers. Um, so yeah, and it was, it was mostly looking at, I guess, classic or, or modern classic type of books, but it was taking, um, the, the stylized elements that you've just sort of talked about the fonts and the color schemes and turning them into, I guess, pitched at a female audience. Kind of like, I mean, I even remember when I was a kid, when I was like a a kid bartender, they, um they introduced the long slender beer bottles because the idea was it was going to appeal to a female audience. Yeah. And there's all these yeah. all these people oh, that's who so could,
2: interesting. Be,
0: they could be using their brains for other things, but instead they're trying to, you know, figure out how to market things to this construct of gender that we've somehow made binary and we can't accept that it might have other permutations. But look up gender flipping covers because it's, mm. a, it's at least a good hour or so of, you know, just some awesome. really fun graphic design. Love it. All right. I think it's, um, it's your turn now, Kate. So, <sighs> scandal. What do you say to someone on the train at a party in the park when they say to you, oh, I'm not really a reader?
1: Well, Andrew, I mean, it's going to be controversial because I don't at all condone violence, but... There may be violence involved, or I would at very least not say anything. I would, I would turn and walk away because I mean, who even are these people out there in the world who are not readers? Um, I don't know any. And I think, I think as a, as a kind of follow on from this question, one of the most awkward things that happens to writers at writers festivals, et cetera, is when you meet someone and you haven't read their book yet. And Mm. and so there's that thing of like, oh, I haven't read your book. You know, I'm a reader but I haven't read your book. And I remember feeling super, super stressed about that, like Mm. the first year I was out on the writers festival circuit and like thinking that you had to know – you know, you had to be across, basically, Australian literature
2: mm.
1: in its entirety. Uh, and you just don't and you just can't. And I actually think it's more awkward when you have to say to someone, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. You don't have to have read my book. <laughs> so, I don't say it to anyone
0: anymore. It feels it feels it's kind so of like true. you've you've dodged there and just been like, I'm sorry, I can't comment. The matter is still before the course. Yeah, yeah, is-
1: yeah, that's exactly it. And you're like, oh, so awkward. I mean, like, I know your book and I know how well it's selling, but actually, I haven't read it yet. <laughs>
2: So well, awkward. it's it's that weird moment too where you feel the need to divulge that you don't need yes. to divulge that. It's- no, you don't need to divulge it. No one—they're not going to gonna say, say. Look, oh, I'm so thinking. Queer. How did you feel about chapter
1: eight? And you know what I did there? Like no one's no one says that. So that's been something that is good. It's good to uh, to learn that one, and I pass that advice on to and to in, debuts.
0: And in our position, doing the book podcast thing, the opposite almost happens, where people will come up to you and say. So you've obviously read everything that was ever printed. What did you think of? And then I have these moments sometimes with authors where I'll just be like, and you said this really amazing thing and I'll quote one of their characters and they'll just be like, (laughs) I haven't actually read it since I published it. It was, I talked about this on the first time, actually. It was really stressful and I now have a trauma response.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, you have to let some of it go, right? You have to shed some of it. Like, otherwise there's no space in your brain for, you know, the shopping list or anything else. You've got to let go of some of those characters mm. and plots.
0: Mm. Well, thank you. I think you've actually freed a few people up because knowing that it's okay to judge a book by its cover, but that you can still <laughs> read it, Catherine, that is mm-hmm. like, that's going to just really give people a lot of mental space. And, and Kate, yeah, we, we all need to shut up about where the bodies are buried. <laughs> When um, when we meet non-readers, oh, I'm going to so get so true. I don't. I do more I of
2: those um, cliff notes? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they actually, just do a quick summary? You probably just do Goodreads, though, couldn't you? I,
1: I think there's an app.
2: Someone told me
1: about an app uh, uh, on my return to academia this year. Someone told me about an app that just like talks you through the big books. It gives you like a ten minute breakdown. Of, of, overview of what, what happens in all the big books. books. Yeah, yeah, maybe we need that.
0: So this is a really this is a really I think interesting philosophical question and one of the scandalous questions that you haven't chosen because there are a whole <laughs> list of scandalous questions but about there's one about finishing books. Mm. And Ooh. to be perfectly honest, one view that I have is there are some books I I don't need to finish or if, if it happens that I'm not finishing it because of other things going on in my life, it's not like I'm – you know, I didn't pin my entire enjoyment on the book – of the book on that final page. Like, just going to be like, mm-hmm. I made yeah. it to the finish line. It's it's more like I've got so much out of the prose. I've got so much out of engaging with the characters and the ideas. And you're not going to get that from, like, a Cliff Notes 15-minute so version.
1: That's so true. That's absolutely true. you got to go the whole book except – I did not realise until someone told me what it was on Goodreads. I did not realise the DNF thing on on Goodreads. I did not realise that there's a whole language around that this book was so bad, I did not finish it. And it, like, it threw
2: me. It it really shocked me. I I was. That's a nice point, though, that you can really enjoy half a book. Oh. Yeah. And then. That's not what they say on Goodreads, though, Catherine. That is not not what they say when they put
1: DNF. I mean, there are.
0: There are people who, who variously describe Goodreads as kind of like the the social media that, that book lovers have always needed. And then others who who are just kind of like it is it is the sewer where the darkest parts of book Twitter go to um, yeah. you know, go to live.
2: Certainly writers should not go there. Writers, well, th- writers should I, not, not to visit. look at their own book, but I do frequently look at Goodreads sometimes if there's a book that I I want to understand, like, it kind of feels a proxy book club.
1: I <laughs> so say In to try and make get... myself feel better when I want no, to no, no, well, I want to make myself too. look I at someone have... else's
2: book and go, oh, yeah, it's all right. They're only a 3.1. <laughs> uh, 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 well, yeah, it's maybe all... have done that too. But I like that breadth of opinion <laughs> sometimes yeah. if a book is like, I'm not sure where this is landing for me.
0: It's also a great place if a book doesn't have a marketing budget, and this might be because it's self published or. It's a book that I for whatever reason, like Goodreads is going to be one of the primary sources of information and I mean that that needs to be a fair thing because absolutely there there is a lot of stuff that we probably don't need to get into about what's going to get published and what's going to yeah. meet certain criteria of marketability at a given time and that doesn't mean every self yeah like every self-published book is not just not good enough to be printed by mm-hmm. someone else. Um, and Goodreads is a resource for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. It's for readers. And that's what I remember, like, mm. is finally getting it when someone said to me, Kate, it's not for you. Like, you are not the audience for Goodreads. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. That makes sense then. It's mm. for it's it's for the readers.
0: <sighs> Catherine Collette, Kate Mildenhall, co-hosts of The First Time. This has been wonderful. I've learned so much. Um, and it's really, really just so great to be able to bring... Your podcast, which is so different to what I'm doing, but so essential, I think, for, for book lovers to get that insight to the world. I am speaking with Catherine Collette and Kate Mildenhall. They are the co-hosts. They are authors. They are co-hosts. They are the first time podcast. And it has been an absolute pleasure to bring you to Final Draft Listeners ears.
1: Thank you for having Thanks us. for having us.
0: Oh, my pleasure. What fun. Oh, that was good. That was
2: <laughs> great. Isn't it nice to have someone nice. corral us? Oh, it's nice to talk about podcasting, though. Yeah. I think there's a real void in that space for people to think about. Yes.
0: That's it for this conversation with Catherine Collette and Kate Mildenhall, authors and hosts of The First Time. I hope you enjoyed this. This was a particularly fun one because not only are uh, Catherine and Kate, they're just, you know, consummate professionals and incredible podcasters. Just the in-betweens and the the moments of candour, I think, really give an insight Into what it's like making a podcast before you get to um, the hopefully super slick production that goes to air. I really hope you enjoyed this. I hope you go out and discover the first time. Uh, Final draft... You are listening to Final Draft, and it is recorded on the lands of the Darug and Gunungara people. It is produced and presented by Andrew Popel. Andrew Popel is me. If you want to say g'day, if you want to talk books and just catch up on reading stuff, you can, you can reach out on all the socials. I'm a terrible social media person, but I try. Just go to at Final Draft 2 SER, drop me a line, send me an at tag me in a picture. I don't mind. I'd love to hear from you. That's it for this week. But there are new books coming all the time. At the rate rate we're going, there's a couple of things dropping every week on the podcast. So, it is a great time to be subscribed. So, just, you know, hit subscription, whatever, in uh, the podcast app you're listening to. And Final Draft will drop into your feed every week. Thanks so much. I am Andrew Popel. I will speak to you very soon. Happy reading.